Welcome to your new favorite book club, a podcast hosted by two close brothers living too far apart, ever searching for your new favorite book. Hi, everyone, and welcome to your new favorite book club, where we try to find our new favorite book by trying to find your new favorite book. You don't have to have read the book to listen, but you do have to listen. So please follow us on Instagram at your new favorite book club. I am your co-host, Joey Coleman. I'm here with my co-host, co-brother, Coleman himself, Danny Coleman. Uh, How are you, Danny? I'm oh, great. And Pernice, this Ow. is all going to be in French. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bonjour. As you can hear, we have our first guest today, Pernice Youssefzadeh, or Pernice Zaid. What would I mean, you rather? Uh, let's go. Z- well, Yusuf Zade is the legal name. Zaid is like kind of what I use from day to day because usually people think Yusuf is my middle name, and it's not. So uh, let's just go Zaid. Let's. Just- Zaid. There we go. But Yusuf is my name, so. Yus- yeah, exactly. I like that you- Joseph yeah. in Iranian in Farsi would be Yusuf. So yes. That's Love true. that. I'm gonna start calling Yusuf from now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So before we get into Persepolis, this week's book, uh, I have a question for each of you just to, you know, get the balls rolling a bit. I always talk about my favorite nook that I read in in my apartment. I'm going to start with you, Danny. Do you have a specific area in your house or at a cafe that you like to read at? I mean, ideal is outside somewhere, like under a tree in the sun. Uh, But that's rare that I get to do that. Most often it's like, I have this weird reading position where I'm like, uh, I'll go, it, my back gets sore a lot. So I'll go on my knees on the ground and like lean on my bed with my elbows and like read like that. <laughs> I've done that since I was a kid. Do you, do you kick your feet in the air back and forth? <laughs> yeah. you do, do you wear knee pads? I feel I like do. that would be okay. No, it's nice. It's comfortable. <laughs> Everyone, right, right now, while you're listening, on your knees. <laughs> What about you, P? Well, I like the couch corner is a good one, but I feel like when I'm horizontal, it, it, there's a good chance I'm going to fall asleep. Um, I find like I do a lot of my reading on a plane, which sounds like I don't read a lot because how often am I on a plane? Um, <laughs> but actually, this one, um, this book that we're doing, I specific, I read it on the beach in Mexico every day for a week, and it was. Amazing. I feel like that was my favorite nook. If only I just had a beach right outside my door. Like had a yeah. co- coconut in one hand and then reading this. But yeah, usually I would just say couch. Just, that is, a, you have a good, good couch. That corner good, there is perfect. But it's also like a bed. So it, it's like the, the book's got to be really good, you know, <laughs> otherwise <laughs> you're getting two pages and then passing out. <laughs> so today you can expect nine chapters uh, in our podcast reviewing this week's book. And we will be picking a song at one point. We do one-word reviews. We have some trivia for you. So uh, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. On this week's episode, Persepolis by Marjan Satrapi by Joey and Danny Coleman and Panese Zaid. Chapter one, the pre-ramble. The veil. This is me when I was 10 years old. This was in 1980, and this is a class photo. I'm sitting on the far left so you don't see me. From left to right, Golnaz, Nashid, Narin, Nina. In 1979, a revolution took place. It was later called the Islamic Revolution. 
Then came 1980, the year it became obligatory to wear the veil at school. We didn't really like to wear the veil, especially since we didn't understand why we had to. Beautiful. Oh, that was so relaxing. I felt like I was listening to an audio book. Yeah, if only you were lying on your stomach on your knees. (laughs) (laughs) So those are the first four panels from the graphic novel Persepolis by Marjan Satrapi. And they were read by our friend Paniz Zaid. Paniz grew up in Tehran in the 90s and moved to Canada to BC when you were 10. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we decided to invite Panice to join us today to talk about the book and give us a little bit more credit on, uh, you know, what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, so to give you guys a bit of background, Marjan Satrapi, am I saying that right? Uh, I think so, Satrapi, but I think, yeah, she goes by Marjan Satrapi. Uh, wrote Persepolis in four separate graphic novels that are now grouped together known as the Complete Persepolis. They were published between 2000 and 2003. And this is a very personal story about her experience growing up in Iran during the 1980 revolution. As mentioned last episode, I picked this book because of the current ongoing protests happening in Iran. Still, as we speak, even though we've delayed this episode for many months. And if you haven't been following the news, which you should be, the uprising started when 22-year-old Mahasa Amini was beaten and killed by Iran's so-called quote-unquote, morality police for not wearing her hijab properly. So today we're going to be doing our usual review of the book, but as this is also mirroring what is currently happening in the world, we're going to be talking about some socio-political movements that are happening as well. So I have another question for both of you, uh, and let's start with Panis this time. Did you have any pre-existing expectations going into this graphic novel before reading it? Yeah, well, I actually watched the movie. I love the movie, but I had never read the graphic novel. And first of all, thank you, because I love this book even more than the movie. And that doesn't often happen. Like sometimes I actually i am one of those people that likes the movie more than the book, unless it's like Harry Potter or something. But um, yeah, so I, so I kind of knew what it was about, but the movie is a condensed version of what's in here. And I was excited for it to, to give me more insight on what the movie was, like in terms of just like everything was sped up in the movie and sometimes it was hard to kind of, um, I guess, stay on track of what was happening. And this one was just like step by step. And I just learned so much just like on my own. There's so much stuff that I had no idea about. And this book kind of helped me figure it out like through humor which was really nice because I think reading the news articles and stuff it can take a toll after a while and this was like it it was just like a healing it was just like a great thing and it came at a good time for me to read it so I really appreciate you guys well we appreciate you being here today yeah big time uh Danny did you have any pre-existing expectations not really I didn't even know there was a movie I have like read a couple of random graphic novels, but they were like more comics, just like long comics. So as soon as I started this one, I was like, this is going to be different. Mm-hmm. I think I anticipated needing to know more about Iranian history and stuff. And I was worried because I feel like I don't have a good background that I'd be lost. The first page has a summary 
like a super brief summary of all of history up until, okay, boom, now we start the story for her when she's in like grade school or something. Mm -hmm. And that actually made me feel more worried because I was like, that was, that was too, too, too little information. Like it almost would have been better to have nothing because it made me, I was like, I ended up watching a YouTube video for like 10 minutes Mm -hmm. about like the history of Iran. And then I read an article about it and I was like, all right, I think I know a bit more now. And it turned out I didn't really need to, do that work to get the good out of this book, but I'm glad I did. Did you watch the uh, the John Green video? Yeah, <laughs> yeah me too. <laughs> Wait, what, what's the John Green video? So, so he's he's an author as well. He writes like what was the one he writes those like kind of uh, the novels. Fault in Our Stars. Okay, uh, but he does he does a lot of like educational videos on YouTube that are oh, really helpful. He does he did a few like biology stuff too that I watched when I was doing my biology class. Oh, so it's not just history. It's like No, it's not oh, just history, cool. but he does a lot of history ones and and they're I think I might have sent it to you at one point, P. Really? Is Maybe it like not, basically Spark Notes but on YouTube? Yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay, awesome. Um so that's funny that we watched the same one cuz I, I felt the same way. I was like <laughs> I want to make sure that I'm like prepped historically before reading this but i do think they did a good job going through it in the book with you i have to say though like even though i was born there i was raised there up like until i was 10 years old there's still so much like the history it's you know just the timeline of how it all happened you know if you want to go all the way back to like the persian empire everything when was persia when did persia become iran all this stuff you know it um like i feel like I hope I'm not a bad Iranian that I didn't know a lot of the stuff either. And I feel like recently through these protests, like I've been making the active choice of when I don't know something to like really researching it and like learning about it. So um, I don't think you're alone in not knowing enough about it. You know, I I think a lot of the times it's just like what you see in the Western media, which is not actually accurate a lot of the time there's a bit yeah. of a veil so to speak exactly oh i see what you did there okay okay <laughs> so let's move into chapter two and talk about some music Ooh, danny would you like to introduce it for us chapter two sheet music All right, so what we always do is set the mood with a suggestion of a song to soundtrack the book, either like to soundtrack the the book itself or the experience of reading the book that you had. So who should start? Who wants to talk about their song pick? I can can start us off, P. Sure. you know, I I I want to start us off because I number one think Paniz might have picked the same song, probably, <laughs> and number two because it was a song that was introduced to me by Paniz. Oh, what is it? I'm so, so excited. This song, uh, kind of became the the protest song, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. in Iran, and uh, it actually just won a Grammy for best song for social change. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's called Baroye. Yeah, that was good pronunciation. Baroye, yes. Uh, by Shervin Hajipur. Yes. Oh, my God. Your pronunciation is on point. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, and it is it is a beautiful and, and heart-wrenching song that he wrote after the death of Mahasa Amini. And it is composed entirely of tweets by the Iranian people speaking out against the regime. Mm-hmm. Um, and two days after posting this song on Instagram, it had 40 million views. And then 
the artist Shervin got arrested and was forced to remove the song from Instagram. Uh, he's released from jail now, but he had to take it off. But it's still found on YouTube and Spotify. Um, and there's even a version on YouTube for uh, us whiteies who want to <laughs> see the, the English translation of the lyrics on the screen mm-hmm. as he's singing it. Yeah. Cool. But it's a really, really beautiful song. It's very powerful. Yeah. Baraya means because of um, in English. So all of these tweets are, it starts with because of so-and-so, like because of being able to dance in the streets, because of being able to hold hands with my partner, because Mm. of, and it's because of, yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. And you explained it perfectly. Yeah. برای توی کوچه رخصیدن برای ترسیدن به وقت بوسیدن برای خواهرم خواهرت خواهرامون برای تغییر مغزها که پوسیدن برای شرمندگی برای بیپولی برای حسرت یک زندگی معمولی برای کودک زبال گرد و آرزوهاش برای Cool. Perfect choice for this for this yeah. soundtracking the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was yeah. a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Panis, you picked the same song. Like that's. I did. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Mind yeah. meld over there. And it's amazing because because uh, Grammy like this was this is the first time that there has been uh, an award for social change at the Grammys like they've never done that before and this was all through people uh voting for him and like social media like it was all over like all these Iranians in like all over the world and and non-Iranians that learned about the song and yeah so it was it was a pretty pretty special moment when when he won yeah that's awesome I can't wait to look it up with yeah. this this podcast has been on hold for so long that my original notes that I was going through said, and it's nominated for a Grammy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but now we can say it actually won the Grammy too. Yes, exactly. Even better. Yeah. Danny, cool. what uh, what song did you pick for us today? I'm curious. Uh, yeah, super contrasting pick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a song that's Was from the Bramstein. Yeah, like Guns and Roses. <laughs> I mean, kind of. It's yeah. so. <laughs> it's uh so the song i picked is called uh the kids in america by kim wilde mm-hmm. there's a scene in the in the book where she's in her teenage rebellion phase and she goes to go to like buy on the black market the cassette tape of yeah. <laughs> this song and then it's just like jamming out to it and then has an encounter with i guess morality police of the time and mm-hmm. there's like this whole thing that comes from it but um just i think it connected with Okay, so first of all, that song for me is Clueless from when I was growing up. Like, I automatically think of that movie, which is the most polar opposite teenage experience to Mm -hmm. the one that's described in this book. So it felt like it really highlighted the contrast of, like, what I, you know, Clueless is like an extreme version. It's not really my experience at all either growing up, but it's more Mm -hmm. so connected to what I understand of what the teenage experience is relative to what it must have been like to try to go through the teenage developmental period in Iran at the time. Um, So contrast to the two and seeing them put together was really, it was Mm -hmm. interesting to see that, but then also it brought back to this idea that like, I was so worried about, you know, like, I feel like I'm not going to know enough to get the good out of this book. 
And like, even though it's said in Iran and it's so different of what, like the political environment was so different, which means that just life was so different. It's also just a coming of age story. Mm-hmm. And like the themes are the same as all coming of age stories. You know, it's like, where do I belong? Who's my group of people? You know, like, how do I, how many times do I have to learn the same lesson of what it feels like to fit in or not fit in in order to find my place and my space and, mm-hmm. um, that you do want to rebel and maybe the stakes were higher for her than for me when I rebelled as a teenager, but you know, that we all go through this phase of like trying to find our identity. And really this book is about that. So the contrast and the connection I felt through this song. That. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, I think Peniz was saying it before that uh, there is such a, a balance of lightness and humor throughout the book for such a, a heavy mm-hmm. topic and background, mm-hmm. uh, which I think makes it easier to read in some points. Yeah, um, having that balance. What, what I really loved was like when, like she said, she grew up and like had a happy like life because you're just you don't know what's happening you can feel the tension like you can feel that there's just like something and there's a heaviness in the air but like as a kid you're still doing all the stuff that like kids are doing so I kind of love that you did the juxtaposition with like kids in America and this Iranian girl that's like experiencing a revolution war everything but still you know is just trying to belong totally agree Mm -hmm. I'm uh, I'm excited to to keep moving forward here Uh, yeah Let's get into our one-word reviews, shall we? Yes. Chapter three, in a word. All right, we're going to do it. One-word reviews of the book. Uh, Mm -hmm. Does anyone want to go first specifically? I jumped ahead last time. I'll go. Um, All right, Panice, let's hear your uh, one-word review. Truthful. Mm. I think... I loved how she, yeah, it was truthful. I, I, I find it was through her lens and she even, you know, depicted herself as a villain a lot of the times. It wasn't um, specifically in that one, there was a, when her grandmother gets mad at her about the guy. Oh, who, yeah. Yeah, you know, like that's a hard thing to put on paper because it's like it makes it makes her such a like it made me really not like her in that moment. Like I felt like I was the grandma. I was like, oh, my God, Marjan, like, <laughs> why did you do this? Um, but yeah, I think truthful. And again, going back to just like what the media conveys about Iran and like actually and the history and how it happened. And like, let's just not talk about imperialism. Let's just like not talk about actually why you know who gave the islamic revolution power in a lot of ways uh, or islamic regime power so yeah truthful i think love it yeah i like I that you that. mentioned that scene oh that scene i felt some was, frustration yeah. with her too i was like Same. how could she do this, this and the like... fact that she's so nonchalant about it she's just like huh you know she's like <laughs> and, yeah and and the fact that her grandmother like the one thing her grandmother said is like integrity you know like don't just always have integrity and she's just like whatever like yeah yeah it made me very angry at her <laughs> the, scene, the scene is that she's she's wearing makeup i think and mm-hmm. 
she like sees the morality police coming she knows she's about to get into trouble so she like accuses some random dude who's sitting nearby mm-hmm. of I can't even remember what, like of doing something. I think he was looking at her before the morality police got there. But then, and then she just saw it It was like, it was like survival mode. Like she goes up to him. She's like, oh, this, this guy is like harassing me. He's assaulting me, but he didn't do anything. You know, he probably, yeah. And, uh, and like, you never find out what happens to the guy, which like. I think we kind of know. And that's why I think truthful because it's, she could have easily kept that out (laughs) of the book. Totally. Yeah. I pick incisive as my word. Uh, So like there's insight, you know, she learns about how important it is to teach ourselves the importance of true belonging, which I mentioned before. It's incisive because it's also pretty cutting to read the book. Like it's shocking in a lot of parts. It's Mm -hmm. sad. It's upsetting. Like talking about the like the martyring of children and like recruiting them as child soldiers and stuff. It's just like, oh horrible um and it's kind of tragic even at the end like the ending of the book is not like a happy ending it's like it's pretty hard yeah so it feels wounding to read the book Uh, Mm -hmm. so incisive because i felt cut and then the last incisive is because uh it 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 cut the tension with humor like we've been saying so right lots of cutting Happening yeah, yeah. Uh, I picked something along the same lines. Uh, I picked the word provocative because mm. it provoked many emotions in me, mm-hmm. uh, like anger at some points, uh, sadness, happiness. Uh, I laughed. It was a little bit of everything, uh, but also provocative because the book provoked the Iranian regime to ban the graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's currently banned in Iran right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It was also banned in Lebanon for a little bit, but now they've removed the ban. Yeah, I didn't know that. Mm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, now now Madjan lives in France, and I doubt she can currently go back. To no, I think she's in exile like so many, yeah. so many artists. <laughs> but for now, we're going to do a little incision of some humor ourselves here, and we're yeah. going to get into a little trivia oh uh, i'm dreading this one i don't know why i'm like sweating (laughs) no we'll all work together whoever's not answering the questions can work as a team okay Okay, perfect chapter four potpourri (laughs) this is potpourri in the form of everyone's favorite quiz show jeopardy with the correct answer coming in the form of a question we will be uh, doing some trivia. <laughs> okay. okay. As someone and, who doesn't watch Jeopardy often, so I, you answer it being like, it, what is whatever? Yeah. Like, what is whatever? Who is whatever? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We forget exactly. pretty much every time, though. We so, do. You know, yeah. It's okay. fine. It's, it, there's no hard and fast rule. It's very okay. loose. Yeah. Uh, I have three three little trivia tidbits here for, for the both of you. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I'm going to start with numero uno. One of the world's oldest monotheistic organized faiths is this Persian religion. Islam is like predominantly it's Islam, but then. But it feels like this is a trick question. It feels like we're missing. We're going back earlier. Back earlier. Okay. Uh, This lays the base for Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Mm. Oh, is it Zoroastrian? Ooh. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Yes. What is Zoroastrianism? There we go. Oh. <laughs> All right, you get okay. to stay. That's good. Ding, 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 ding. My hands are so clammy. <laughs> <laughs> I let you it. do all 
drifting on that question. I was just like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, we're moving on to number two. The name of the book is Persepolis, which was the original Persian capital city. You can still visit the ruins today. In 330 BCE, the city was taken and burned by this Macedonian king and his army. Oh, Alexander who's Alexander the Great, the great? Yeah. that yeah. is correct two <laughs> 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 for two ding 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 and, and luckily uh, even though the city was, was sadly burned the ruins are still there uh, and you can still visit it today it's one of UNESCO's world heritage sites hmm. I have one more this one I think is going to be more of a Danny question just based on uh, on some like pop uh, on some like pop culture. Okay. All right. This lust for life singer voiced Uncle Anoush in the English version of the movie Persepolis. Who is Iggy Pop? That is correct. Oh. <laughs> that was a clue that it's a pop culture question. Uh, right? uh, <laughs> yeah, Iggy Pop voiced uh, Uncle Anoush, who was Anoush. was talking about before, and one of my favorite characters. Yeah, with the bread, with the bread swans, and oh, anyways, uh, yeah, loved loved him. Yeah. Oh, that's that's such a funny choice. That gives like Iggy Pop. I know he's that's very a really specific. interesting choice. Yeah, it's very yeah. specific. Mm-hmm. Cool. That was yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah, see, well, it's fun when you get them right. Kenny's <laughs> yeah, loves winning. I do. She's yeah. more competitive than I am, even though she won't that, admit it. That is not true. <laughs> Joey likes to think so. No. See, she's getting competitive over being competitive. Okay. <laughs> That's so weird. Who likes winning? Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, so weird. Did <laughs> anyone want, want to take us into some quotables? Uh, well, I wanted to share just one thing that I oh, yeah. learned while reading this. There's a scene where she uh, is like mistreated while working as a server in a restaurant. And her boss is like, well, the customer's always right as a way to kind of make it okay or say like, it's too bad. You don't have a choice. And the full quote of that is supposed to be the customer is always right in matters of taste. And that makes sense, right? So if they're like, ew, this is gross or this tastes good or whatever, like, okay, you can't argue with them about their taste, but that doesn't mean they can mistreat people, you know? And I feel like that that truncating the last part of that quote and that being what's passed down is a good excuse for a lot of people in service industries to be treated like crap. And Mm -hmm. so I just wanted to share out the full quote with everyone to defend against being treated like crap. It matters of taste. They say that that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a quote from someone specific? It's yeah. Well, I, I, it's attributed to a couple of people, but the main person is uh, Caesar Ritz, who is like a the Ritz Carlton hotel person, right? Oh. Or Ritz Bits? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the latter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in matters of taste, it must be the latter. It must be yeah. Ritz Bits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. Now we can move on. Do, I think Panis should do this chapter. Do you yeah, want to you want, you want do a voice? What you is this? Oh. Just with a British voice, say chapter five, potent quotables. Yeah, pretend you're Dumbledore. Yeah. <laughs> chapter five. Wait, what do I say? Chapter five, what? Potent quotables. Oh, okay. Chapter five. <laughs> potent quotables. <laughs> she nailed it. <laughs> oh man. We should have had her doing all of them. <laughs> Yeah, do you guys need like a third party? (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome. Up the five. Great. (laughs) So for this, uh, 
as we've mentioned, it's a graphic novel. It's our first graphic novel we're doing. So mm-hmm. we're going to be talking not only about the writing and the thought bubbles, but also about the drawings and the the panels and the images that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for some, the, the drawing is all in black and white. And Marjan did the drawing mm-hmm. herself as well. Yeah. Which I find really cool that she just did it all. Yeah. Um, and... There's one specific page in the book that I just I need to talk about uh, because it was uh, it was very provocative for me. <laughs> uh, and it, it kind of captures a lot of the book and a lot of what we've been talking about so far today with the, the contrast of things. Um, so it's the page. It's a whole page dedicated to two separate frames. And it's right after we learned about the gold plastic keys to paradise oh. that were given out to the young men and children to volunteer and go fight in the Iran Iraqi war. Yeah. And uh, the uh, the top frame is a bunch of kids or teenagers that are being exploded that are just kind of with their keys around their neck and they're just right uh, limbs oh, are kind of going everywhere and they're just mm-hmm. kind of like it almost looks like they're jumping but there's an explosion at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then the bottom half of the page is marjan at her first like high school party and it's her and her friends dancing but the images mirror each other they're all in the same positions as the frame above Mm. and it's just it's just like everything we've been talking about how it's this contrast of the mix of political background and the terrible war and regime that was being put into place mixed with this coming of age story at the same time of mm-hmm. this girl growing up and going to her first party while this revolution is happening. It's happening. And, oh my God. Oh, I have chills just hearing you describe it. I'm like yeah. a little bit tearful too. It's just so yeah. heartbreaking. Oh my God. Oh. I just got goosebumps. <sighs> yeah. Did, did you guys have specific uh, like images or, or quotes from the book that stood out to you that you want to talk about? I thought the, I just found it like when she's in the art class in university and yeah. the anatomy, the woman is like fully covered in chador. And they're like, we can't like this. She looks the same from every angle. It's <laughs> 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 like, that just made me laugh. Cause it's like, how are you? Like she's fully covered. It's not even just a scarf and like a little, like more figure flattering manteau. Like she is fully a hijabi. Yeah. It's which part is of like, the anatomy. Yeah, and it's like, oh, she's like, all we can see is her nose. <laughs> it's just like, it cracked me up. And like, I just could imagine, like, I couldn't imagine being in that art class, having my canvas in front of me and having to pay. Like, I feel like I would walk out, but like, you can't really. You still have to. Anyways, it's just insane. Uh, yeah. I wrote that part down too. I don't mean to jump yeah. in. Just like, I have yeah. to quote here because it made me laugh too. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So she says, We looked from every direction and from every angle but not a single part of her body was visible. We nevertheless learned to draw drapes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, draw drapes. (laughs) So funny. Oh, man. Uh, The other quote that I have written down that made me me laugh as well was uh, uh, her and her friends get in trouble at school for not wearing their hijabs properly by this really strict female teacher. Mm. And her dad Majan's dad comes in and 
is like just so upset and he wants to he's protective mm -hmm. and he uh, he looks at the teacher and says well if hair is as stimulating as you say then you need to shave your mustache, mustache. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then at, at the end uh, at the end of the page she had a little star that said my father actually said that <laughs> i also loved like there's parts where she's written in farsi like there's some things that she's written in farsi which i loved because it I mean, like for me, it just felt like it was like a little treat when there was something in Farsi and that I could read it. I haven't, um, unfortunately, I didn't put like flagged any of them, but throughout the whole thing, it was really nice to see that. I also really liked the the grandma and how she's talking like when like right before basically she's about to leave. And she's holding her grandma and her grandma's talking about how she puts like jasmine in her bra. And she's like, why do you smell so good, grandma? And mm. like, I don't know why it just like, I mean, reading this, to be honest, like on the beach, like I said, I was probably bawling my eyes out throughout the whole thing. Like everyone's like relaxing and I'm just like in tears. <laughs> um, but that specifically just reminded me of like, it was just, it felt so personal. Like I, I remember like holding my grandma like that when I was a kid in Iran and like, she always like smelled so good and like, like rose water. almost. <laughs> and I remember when I read that, I was like, Oh my God, this is taking me back. But yeah. Wow. Cool. That's amazing. I love that it, it brought so many. Yeah, feels like I felt like as I was reading it, like I smelled my grandma. It, it's just, yeah, it's very nostalgic. That kind of brings me into the next the next chapter, because I have a question for you specifically, unless mm -hmm. someone has another quote they want to say. Yeah, I have just a, a, two more thoughts I want to say about yeah, this. Please, the first please. is this one, uh, like about the drawing, there was this one part where as a frame where she's getting married and they're supposed to like, look in each other's eyes and suck or they're supposed to suck honey off each other's finger to start the marriage on a sweet note mm -hmm. right and it has this close-up of their faces in profile and he's got his eyes closed and he looks like he's like in pleasure licking the honey off of her finger and she has her eyes wide open and is like staring out of the frame so like presumably looking at the wedding guests but like also kind of just looking at us mm -hmm. the reader and it felt like this you know, I really got her discomfort, the asymmetry in their relationship. It was like a good preview of like that there was going to be strife in this marriage to come. Mm -hmm. There's just lots of little moments where like it feels like it's very simple drawing, but like each frame has a lot in it. Uh, so that felt like one frame that was a good example of that. Yeah, yeah, that really does. I'll and post it, that one too for sure. Yeah, I love oh, it. Cool. And then the it had like poignant lines. I pulled one random one out that really hit home which was nothing's worse than saying goodbye it's a little like dying and i just it really hit you know especially with the way the book ends like it really is this tragic ending like there are these mini deaths that have to happen in order for her to grow up over time like she mm -hmm. multiple times she has to say these horrible goodbyes to people mm -hmm. some of them face to face some of them she never gets to say goodbye there's just so much leaving and loss in this yeah. book. There's a price for freedom. <laughs> I think that's the last line of the book, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. No, there, there really is. Okay, now I'm ready. That's it. Okay, okay, okay. Chapter six. Question authority. So, Panise, you were just talking about how this book really uh, evokes some emotion and memories for you. Oh, God. And I was kind yeah. of just hoping you could dive in a little bit more about your relationship to this story and how you related to it personally. 
yeah um oh my god so much of it like like the leaving when she's leaving I'm gonna like get emotional talking about it um but even when like she's like leaving at the airport and like leaving her home it just feels like I haven't been back <laughs> sorry guys oh you're making me cry <laughs> I haven't been back home for ooh, um, like 15 years. So yeah, so there's just like, and there's always a fear of like going back, especially right now. And when you're like publicly posting about what's happening in Iran, which is like what I've been doing um, specifically with this, these protests, like there has been previous protests. Um, there was like the, yeah, there's been previous protests, but with this one in particular, and, you know, like, when you're publicly posting stuff against the Islamic regime, it's it's always a scary thing if if I decide to go back now and, like, see my family. So I think, because um, you just you, you can just get one person at the airport that will, like, look into it, and they'll see that you've posted something, and then you don't know, you get arrested, and then, like, you, yeah. So the fact that when she was leaving and she was watching her mom and dad at the airport and her dad ends up like they think there's a frame where her dad's like carrying her mom back to mm. the car so yeah that was just like really hard because I just felt like I was like I could remember like leaving to get on the plane to like immigrate to Canada but I was doing it with my parents <laughs> yeah and she was she was probably my age 10 like or yeah. even younger when she so it's like I, I, I yeah I just I couldn't imagine that so that was like a really tough thing and then when she comes back and her mom and dad don't even recognize her because she's grown so much yeah. it's like oh, yeah. oh my god like that it's been that long that you haven't seen yeah and like just being in it feeling like an outsider I think that was like I resonated with that a lot it's like I, I would say like most like the majority of my life has been in Canada like I'm I consider myself a Canadian but there's always like there's always like a void there's always something like where I don't, there's never a place where I really feel home. Right. And yeah, so a lot of that and like just even talking about like the Caspian Sea, that was like probably like our favorite place to go to. It's called Shomal and it would be like your vacation where there would be like a villa and like the beach and the water. And I just remember seeing my dad like swimming out far into the Caspian Sea like at sunrise and then coming back at sunset. So it was just like a lot of stuff and it felt like, it was a lot of stuff that I think I like repressed for a long time too, that I'm just like, Oh my God, my immigration story is totally fine. Everything was fine. Like I was, I was just, you know, 10 and oblivious, but I, and like, yeah. And like through therapy and like just like some stuff comes up that I'm like, Oh my God, like this was a monumental thing that happened in my life that I've just haven't gotten to revisit that mm-hmm. I, I have like pushed down for so long. And I think, this entire book just brought up so many memories and like so much stuff that I hadn't thought about in years. And mm. yeah, wow. it was provocative. It provoked a lot Definitely. of different <laughs> emotions. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you for sharing all that with us. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. It was, it's a very important book and like, I just appreciate you guys taking this time during what's happening and like choosing. I think it's just like, so so great. And Joey, like, I don't know if you know Danny, from the moment these protests have started, 
he has been sharing it. He has been like talking about it. He knew sometimes he would know stuff in the news before I did. Like I would wake up to Joey having sent me an article and like it just means so much for non-Iranians to care. And like I can't thank you enough for just like caring <laughs> really. Yeah, of course. Of course mm-hmm. I care. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you were saying before like it, it was a, the part with uh, leaving at the airport and it's yeah. back to like saying those goodbyes and it's yeah. goodbyes to people. But like for you so far, it's been a little bit of a mini goodbye to your country. Yeah. You, like the place that is. Yeah. That you want to go home. back. Yeah. And it's like for a long time, getting a phone call when we were in Canada was like, I hated when Iran would call because it would be like this person died. Hmm. This person in your family passed away. And like you, you know, um, it was just always like this alarming, like, oh, God, what happened now? You know, when you when you haven't had a chance to go back in a while, mm-hmm. I guess. Well, I definitely look forward to the time when like we've spoken about where yes. you get to take us all. Yes. And like we get to go to the the beach, the villa oh, you were talking I about there. I will host you guys. We will have kebab. We will smoke some hookah. It'll be great. <laughs> I can't yeah, wait. <laughs> I can't wait. I so can't. is there anything that that anyone can do currently to help the current revolution so much i mean i think first and foremost like being the iranian people's voices and like continue to care because it can fizzle out you know this has been ongoing for six months now these protests and and like you have you have to take breaks like i've been giving myself breaks when i because like it, it consumes you you know but Social media, I feel like I have such a love-hate relationship with it, but I think during this time, it really, like, so much, it has done so much good for the Iranian people. So um, signing petitions, you know, like change.org, I, I actually wrote down the link, um, change.org slash T slash, I mean, after this, I can also, like, send you some stuff. I don't know when you post this. Please, yeah, I'll um, post it all with the stuff. There's tons of petitions, Um it's like, you know, following Iranian activists, there's tons of Iranian activists that are so like, like constantly posting about this stuff. You know, there is just to name a few, few, there is Middle East Matters, there's from underscore underscore Iran, there is like a criminal defense lawyer that I love following. Her name is Elika Laban. Like she's, she always posts amazing stuff. There's just Gulshif Farhani, who's like a huge, you know, Iranian Hollywood star who's like very much, and she's in exile too. So she has her own story. And yeah, I think just posting about it, trying to stay informed, telling people like even, you know, I try and wear, (laughs) I try and wear this. I was going to say, are you wearing it up? Were you wearing it on purpose today? Uh, I was. I mean, I kind of wear it a lot, but yeah, the, I mean, it has Zan Zendegi Azadi on it. Zan means woman, Zendegi means life and Azadi means freedom and woman life freedom has become the the motto of this movement this this iranian revolution so um, sweet so woman life freedom um and i think just like contacting your representatives you know like it's really important to isolate this regime it's important to enforce the oil sanctions that are happening it's it's important to like shut down the embassy send these people you know because there's so much going on within the west and like if you're giving more power to like the nuclear like deal, like the oil deal. It's like, you're, you're literally putting money into the pockets of these, the Iranian, uh, the Islamic revolution. Like you're, you're giving them money, the regime, sorry. And 
yeah, it's just important to, to like put pressure on them and let them feel isolated. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. P, for being our authority here. Hey, Paniz, you want to introduce our, our, our uh, chapter seven again? Sure. The Dumbledore voice. Okay. Yeah. Uh. This is called <laughs> Chapter Seven Book Ends. Chapter Seven Book Ends. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Let, okay, let's try that again. Sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> chapter <laughs> you guys i feel like we needed this laugh to be honest after yeah, we definitely that. definitely needed a laugh chapter <laughs> you know what you gotta do it i'm not doing it anymore no, no, i'm way too self-conscious now no no it's good it's good it's good <laughs> oh, I'm doing it again. You still want me to do it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you guys. The Coleman brothers, guys. Chapter seven. <laughs> Bookends. Perfect. That was it. <laughs> That's the best we're going to get. Mark it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I'm dead. <laughs> oh, jeez. So. Here we are. Book ends. We are going to comment on the end of the book and reveal what we think this book should have actually been titled if if we don't like the current one. Mm. Um, so to talk about the end, which we kind of have a little bit, Marjan decides to regain her freedom and she leaves her family behind. She gets divorced. Um, as Danny was saying, they had some strife in their marriage and she moves back to Europe. Uh, Danny, what did you think of the ending? And the title. Oh, um, I mean, I already kind of said I was just like it was tragic. Like I was like, oh, that's the end. Is there another one? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. where's the part where it's like, and then it was okay. Like yeah. it's worth all the struggle, you know. Yeah. I mean, oh, it was good though. Like I wouldn't change the ending. Like I don't think that that would if my magical ending would be better. It would be worse. Like mm -hmm. it, this, it was an honoring ending to. A, a challenging ongoing struggle right and it yeah. kind of paints the fact that like yeah there's more hardship and it brings us back to paniza's word uh review one word review which is truthful mm -hmm. right yeah and then the title i don't know i mean i wouldn't change it that feels yeah. a little like colonial to be stepping in and being like i would title it differently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think the title's great uh well i don't know though i like thought it was kind of I don't know if it fully captures the book, though. It's like, is it her, like the coming of age piece is is not in the title. I think part of the title partly was what was so intimidating to me before I started the book. Interesting. Panise, what about you for the for the end of the book first? Um, yeah, I think you nailed it. Like when you said truthful, I think it's easy to like wrap it up in a nice neat bow and be like, everything was great once she moved to Europe. Um, but yeah, so I think I, I loved, I love like, it's truthful. And I think the freedom had a price that the fact that that's the very yeah. last line yeah. that's true. And it's so, uh, it's exactly what's happening right now in Iran too. So when, yeah, I agree. Um, perfect, perfect last sentence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And to, to just kind of piggyback off of what you said, Danny, about her, like her just being able to say, I'm 
proudly say I'm from Iran, like towards the end. Because, you know, there was, there was one, I think, when she, she was at a party and she pretended she was French. Mm, yeah. Because I, I, I related to that in some ways. Like for a long time, I would say I'm Persian because it sounded less tied to politics. When I would say mm. Iranian, like in, people are like, what is your ethnicity? Where are you from? When I would say Iran or I'm Iranian, like they would always be like, people would stop breathing. And it still happens. Like, um, because it's just like, it has a negative, for a long time, it just, it has a negative connotation to it because you think Iran, terrorists, uh, Islam, like, you know, theocracy, everything. And then I think it's just important to know that there's Iran and then there's the government, there's the Iranian government. And it's mm. really important to not confuse the Iranian people with the theocracy that's like the dictatorship that is controlling Amen. the Iranian people. Yeah. 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 And yeah. as far as the title, would you would you keep Persepolis? Would you do you, do you think you could think of a better one that would be uh, more encapsulated of the book? I don't. I I didn't think of another one. I, don't, I I do agree that it doesn't do. I feel like it doesn't do the book justice of what it's about. You kind of think like, okay, it's the capital of the Persian Empire, Persepolis, but like you never even go that far back. Um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't really. Hmm. If something comes to me while you do it, I'll I'll let you know. But I like the title. Yeah. But I, now that you guys are talking about it, you're convincing me that there should have been maybe a little bit more coming of age. Yeah. Involved in there as well, since that was such a huge part of the book that that we all spoke about and loved. Mm -hmm. So maybe a title that reflected the contrast that we've been talking about a little bit. More. Yeah. Yeah, I, sh I should have thought of something. I didn't. No, I, I do I my homework. <laughs> <laughs> you can get back to us. Great. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Chapter eight. Book marks. Number one question of this whole podcast. Panis, you answer first for us. Mm -hmm. Was this your new favorite book? Yes. <laughs> I would say so. Yeah. I just love that I loved it more than the movie. And like, I, it's just, yeah, it was so good. And it came at such a good time. It felt very therapeutic to read it. So, yeah. Right on. Danny, Joey, what about you? Oh, oh. me? Oh. You go ahead, Joey. Was this your new favorite book? Yes, I, I, it is my new favorite book. Uh, I said specifically it's my new favorite graphic novel because it, mm. I, you need the pictures in there uh, and the drawings as part of it. And as we mentioned a few times, when you're writing about such a heavy topic, you need to sprinkle in a little bit of lightness, and she did a great job of that. Denny? Ish. Is this your new favorite book? Ish. <laughs> it is it's my new favorite graphic novel i wrote the same thing as you joe uh Are yeah you I mean, brothers <laughs> no yes, yes. <laughs> every time every time uh yeah it's uh it's not a book it's a graphic novel and it's like an incredible graphic novel i don't know and i think you know i agree it needed to be a graphic novel i'm so glad that it is in this format half of what was so incredibly sharp and amazing about this book was the art. Mm -hmm. uh, so loved it. What would you all score the book out of 10? Panit. 11. Oh, <laughs> she broke the scale. Score yet. <laughs> 
Danny, what about you? Uh, I gave it a nine only because I'm still like, a, I guess a purist about a book. Like I like to just settle into a read and imagine on my own. But I don't know. Now that I'm saying it, I'm like, that's kind of harsh. It was spe- ex- extra special because it was a graphic novel. So like mm-hmm. 9.8? I don't know. Like basically a 10, I guess. I'm talking oh, yeah. myself up to a 10 here. Let's yeah. just do it. It was a 10. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I gave it a 10 as well. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, it just, it was a great story. Beautiful artwork. Uh, and just so uh, provocative and truthful and incisive. Mm-hmm. Nice. I love it. I love it. Nice bow. Full circle. Thank you. Chapter nine. Chapter. Oh, go ahead, Panice. No, no, I don't want to do it. Yeah, chapter nine, book booking. It's you all got you. it. Yeah. We're not gonna. Okay. Chapter nine, book booking. <laughs> so good. So good. Panice for next Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> so uh i guess right now we're gonna go into uh what the next book contender is for our new favorite Ooh. book and uh i mean we're a little behind slash ahead of schedule that's true but i don't know do we say do we say where we are or do we just pretend like we haven't read it yet no we can say where we're at i mean we're ahead of you dear listener because you didn't know we were gonna do this but we're doing it so the next book is gonna be uh, the 90s by Chuck Klosterman. Uh, it's nonfiction and it is a pop culture study of the 90s. Uh, we're 90s babies and I'm really looking. Wow, that, that's fake. Uh, I was really looking forward to some specific aspects of this book uh, about like seeing my own childhood be kind of recaptured and maybe have some new insights into it. So. Uh, I'm looking forward to telling you all whether or not Chuck was able to accomplish that. I can't wait to do the same. So first off, Panis, again, a a huge, huge thank you for joining us today. You were our first official guest. You were our first guest ever. Oh my God. Yeah. We're so lucky to have you on. I'm so Uh, grateful. And it it was so fun. You guys are the best. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been awesome. And thank you all for listening to your new favorite book club. Don't forget to find us on all your social media platforms and do your shares, do your ratings and all your little clickies. Uh, So until next time, I'll be reading our next book in my favorite nook. Goodbye. Bye now. Bye.